Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm super excited for today's episode because we have a very special guest who has done really, really well in his first year in real estate as a brand new agent. And he's a really good friend of mine, all the way going back into uh, like our childhood as well. So I'm really excited to have him on, knowing that uh, more and more of my friends here are getting into real estate, becoming more entrepreneurial, getting stuff done. So I'm excited for this. If you're a new agent, uh, or even if you're an experienced agent who's just feeling a slump in your business, I think it's going to be a really valuable episode uh, because we're going to be offering a lot of uh, a lot of value, talking a lot about uh, our guest experience today, how you had so much success as a young and a new agent. So without further ado, I want to bring on my good friend and my guest for today, Brandon Turner. Brandon, welcome to hey, the show. Hey. hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. I'm uh, I'm super excited to have you on and uh, have you talk about your experience uh, as a new agent. So, you know, before we just get into it, why don't we kind of just go back from the start and uh, tell our audience a little bit about how you got into real estate. Uh, what was right. the what was the motivating force uh, for you to get uh, get into the business? Yeah, no, there's so many different experiences and stories in real estate. As, as you know, um, there's a lot of craziness that goes on behind the scenes that not everybody gets to see. Um, but for me, uh, when, I got, when I got into real estate, uh, my aunt's a broker. So I've been around real estate my whole life. I've seen her do it. Um, I mean, she's been doing it forever, probably since I think 2003. So I remember, I remember going into her office at Prudential when Prudential used to be a part of real estate um, and help her color coordinate and do different things and organize stuff there. Um, and then I went, grew up eventually as I was growing up, I knew I, I wasn't going to be an actor. I knew I wasn't going to be a rapper or like a, act, anything in the entertainment industry, which was kind of the goal. Uh, and I knew I have two left feet, so I couldn't play sports. Um, I mean, I can play sports. I just wasn't great at it. And I knew I wasn't really gonna get a scholarship from it. So then I had to decide like what was next. And I always loved homes. And so I thought my next path would be architecture. Um, so I applied to a bunch of schools that had architecture as a major, got into, I think I applied to like seven or eight schools, maybe nine schools, got into about, I think five out of the nine. And I ended up going to LSU my freshman year, loved it, um, had the best time. That's the year LSU won the national championship. Go Joe Burrow. Um, and then COVID happened out of nowhere. COVID, we were hit with COVID. And, you know, next thing you know, you're one minute, you're, I'm in my studio class um, working on a project for architecture. And then you get, you know, the news um, about COVID. And when COVID happened, we, I originally thought it was like the Ebola virus. Like it, we just, it was a joke. It wasn't something that we were to take seriously. Like it only is going to affect small part, portions of the world. And next thing you know, like the world goes into chaos and shuts down and I'm sent home to be locked in my room with my parents for the next six months. And then I started working on school and um, fast forward a year and a half later, I just decided online school and wasn't for me. And I didn't see the value on spending um, $50,000 a year on college tuition. When I ultimately am only gonna be making $70,000 a year, I'm gonna be paying a mortgage just to make bare minimum money and work for somebody else. And that's not my goal. That's not my intention. Uh, my goal is to make, to do open a lot more doors for myself. And that happens with money. And eventually I was like, you know what? I always was going to plan on getting my real estate license. Why wait till I'm 25, 30? The goal is to make my first million by the time I'm 25. So let's jump full in and let's let's get this thing popping. Let's get it, let's get it rocking. Yeah. And uh, and rocking you did, right? <laughs> you, you got it rocking. You got it, you got it rocking quite uh quite quickly as well. So uh, uh I mean I wouldn't that. say quite quickly. I think um of course with anything, I think. As I said, social media, it, you know, it's we we utilize it to promote ourselves and we utilize it to highlight our, our best features and what's kind of going on. We highlight all those things. But so, like I said, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that not everybody sees. You know, there's there's a lot of times where it's 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 frustrating. It's it's not easy. It's not hard, but it um it's not it's not easy, but it is it's rewarding when you when you are finding success and you are working at it to con find constant success. Absolutely. And we're definitely going to talk a little bit about that and uh, hear a little bit more about your experience on dealing with stuff like that for people either aspiring to be real estate agents listening to this or newer agents coming into the industry. But I just want to really touch on something really quickly here. Uh, and that's your decision to kind of drop out of school and uh, get your real estate license and go into business for yourself, because um, that was the decision that I had to make as well. And I'm best decision of my life for sure up to this point. So for like our younger 
audience uh, or listeners here who are watching this or listening to this, um, who are maybe on the, they're undecided or they're in a position where they're in that same pathway of life where they need to decide whether they want to continue going down the traditional route of going to school or going into business for themselves. It, it could be real estate. It could be some other, other type of business or, or, or work or line of work. Um, you know, what went into that decision? Were there any doubts or struggles when you first uh, made that decision oh, or? Yeah. Um, I still, I mean, there are days you still have those doubts, right? Um, like my, my mom, for instance, when I quit school, you know, my family was like, you work so hard to get into school. I can't imagine like you really wanted to go to LSU. I can't imagine you now all of a sudden just want to quit. That's um for a lot of people, for a lot of my family, that was a hard uh, adjustment for them. They couldn't imagine like, this is random. Um, but I mean, like I said, being COVID, I wasn't, we weren't really allowed, to, I wasn't allowed to get up a lot of that full college experience that I got my first semester. Because part of that full college experience right, was, it wasn't just school, but it was the interaction portion of it, meeting new people, going out, you know, having, you know, not necessarily crazy nights, but just having fun, like, you're 20, you're 18 years old, you're on your own for the first time, I mean, what can go wrong, but, you know, just having that freedom to kind of be dumb, essentially, not necessarily, but all that gets kind of stripped away with COVID, there's so many guidelines, you're, you know, you have to stay six feet apart, they're only allowing you into certain spaces. When you go to class, there's very limited interaction. You're sitting every other seat apart, and then most of your classes are online. I slept through most of them. I was, I think, I started to fail a lot of them because I just wasn't going to class. Like class would be right at like nine o'clock. Here I am still in bed. Like, and I was like, you know, by the time we got to nine ten, I was like, I can make an appearance. Right. And then I was like, nah, forget it. I'm just going to go back to bed. Or I would just turn on another episode of The Walking Dead and keep it pushing. Like, it just wasn't exciting. Um, but yeah, there's there was a fear because I said, what is my life going to look like um, now that I don't have the security of school? Like, I don't have a resume. What, like, I don't have a job to fall back on. Right. Like, what is that? What is that? Like, what is that going to look like? Then my mom would add on the pressure of, well, Brandon, you know, you have to pay your student loans back. How are we going to do that if you quit your job? I mean, if you quit school. So, you know, those were a lot of those fears that I had walking into. But something just told me to I mean, I'm, I'm a spiritual believer. I believe in God. Like, I believe God told me to really just make that transition and to, to leap. And he told me, like, if you're going to leap, you're going to lean into me and I got you and we'll, we'll make it work somehow. And I, ever since, I mean, I haven't like, yeah, I stress out about things, but they're very minute things. They're things that I really can't control anyway. Um, but I, I have to say I, I've been profitable. That's the great thing. That's the greatness is I haven't, I haven't uh, gone red. I haven't been in the red. So I've been pretty much in the black or, you know, I haven't done much. So it's, it's, that's the great news so far is that I've been pretty profitable. Yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, that's something to, I think everybody should applaud, right? <laughs> so, right. Yeah, Especially when you're a, a business thing. owner. Yeah. You want to lead with revenue, not with uh, expenses. So that's <laughs> one of those things is that I, I try to keep down my expenses as, as low as possible. I'm not great at that. Haven't mastered that skill just yet, but that's something I'm still working on. Right. And I mean, you're starting, we're starting early, right? You're starting young. And there's a lot of people in their 40s and 50s who don't know how to do that. And, you know, they probably never will. So I think it's, you know, a commend, commendable skill set that you're trying to acquire and you're, you know, doing it right now as well. So mm -hmm. that's awesome, man. But yeah, I mean, just like really, I guess like really quick answer, like the dropping off school, you know, the stuff that you're stressing out over in school versus the stuff that you're stressing out in business, what would you say? Like, you know, was it a good, like, if there's people who have doubts about it, right, who are in school right now, who says, mm -hmm. you know, what if I, I got on my own, and, um, you know, I'm just going to be so burned out, and I'm just going to be back in a year, or something like that. What, what would you say is your experience in that, like, between the two, comparing the two, which one was more draining on you uh, mentally? And obviously, there's one that's going to bring you more reward, uh, just based Fair. on where you are now. So, I mean, like the one that was more like mentally and just emotionally draining, I think was school because I mean, you have to, there you, go. you got to work on your grade point average. You have so much time. Then it's like the social aspect of, you know, school, like how to balance friends and balancing school. Then you have a financial burden that you're putting your family into debt because you're, you're taking out, I took out city loans anyway, yeah. to, to go to school to better my life. So that's the narrative that's really pushed upon us. 
um, especially in like high school and middle school is you go to college to get a really good job so you can sustain a better life. I don't necessarily believe that to be a full true statement. Um, I think there's some parts of that that's true, but not fully. But anyways, disregarding that point. But yeah, just maintaining that GPA and making sure that, you know, I can come back to school and, you know, when you fail, like, what's that look like? Am I going to step back? Am I going to be set back another year? And then there's more money that comes. So it's like a financial, a mental and emotional pressure. And then you're on your own. Like, you know, my I'd have to call my family. My family didn't call me. I called them to talk to them. They weren't calling me to check in like they would when you're in high school. You know, my parents at high school, they were all over me and making sure my grades were great. When you go out to college, it's like you really are on your own. You're sustaining, you're learning to sustain by yourself, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And it gets, it wears on you. It's, it's a whole different level, I think, college versus being a business owner. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Like one of the things, if like you are in that stage in life where you don't really know whether you're going to be in, in school or not. Like I think for me personally, it was like, it was the it was the shift in mindset. Like I knew like when the time came where, it was up to me to decide whether or not I was going to work on schoolwork and, and get good grades. It was like, no, like that doesn't matter at all to me. It was, it was external pressure and it was clarity. So mm -hmm. a lot of times I think for people, if you have that clarity, make the move now, right? Do, do what Brandon did, right. And, and, and go out there and start your own business. Cause I, you know, we can attest to that it's, it's a, it's a great experience, but there's, you know, there's also going to be struggle, but you know, pick your heart, right. Life's going to be hard either way. And so just, right. you have to choose your heart. So yeah. speaking of and that, I think now looking yeah, you know, sorry. I was like, like looking at it now. I think um, I have a mentor now, and they were because I was working on another job, and I quit that job. And they said, realistically, when you look at how much what the potential is, if you work really hard at what your potential is, because when you're your own boss, you're your own employee, there's an unlimited amount of how much you make. When you're trying to just take what you can get at that moment, it's not much, and it's you know you have to decide at what point in time what's more important, your time or your monetary value. And I think at that time I wasn't making a lot of money. So you go with your time is more important. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, and that's, and I think that's a really good transition into just talking more about uh, the challenges as a new agent as well. So specifically uh, in real estate. So for you, like, I mean, you've been in probably like a, just around a year or so. So what would you say is probably like some of your biggest struggles uh, just getting into it just at the very beginning as a real estate agent, because I think a lot of people don't understand what it takes or like what being a realtor really is. Um, right, so no, I think TV you can, has you really glamorized real estate, um, especially selling sunset. Um, it's it's a lot of night, a lot of days, and a lot of hours you spend just trying to get. It's just trying to get the business right. You can sit here, and we can pay to get our licenses. We can pay to join um, these MLS fees and pay all these you know brokerage fees and things like that. But it's not until you really get the business that you can, I, and I feel like you can really sit here and say, I'm in a full professional real estate agent. I know how to at least walk you through one transaction because I've done one transaction. Um, it's not until then I feel like you can really sit here and say, I'm a real estate agent because you're still trying to get business. That's the, that's the struggle part right there is getting that business, everything else it's minute it's it's the the hardest part is getting the business and finding business and you know working with people who are able willing and ready to to buy or sell their homes and you know then navigating those relationships I think but the hardest part is just getting the business for sure yeah and that's that's the big thing people miss in my opinion I think when they get into the when they get into real estate is they don't understand they have to generate leads right well, I, I remember when I sat down and interviewed with my brokerage, I think I asked them if I was going to get, because I'm so used to being an employee where they pay you to get trained. I asked them, I said, so like, what is my pay going to be for like training? Like, how does this work? And then like, who's providing me these leads and are they ready to go? Cause I'm ready to make my money. And then they were like, no, like that's not how this works. Like you can get paid if you close a deal when you're still training. And then they're like, and then we don't, they don't, we don't give you leads. You have to go out and you have to earn your own leads. We don't give you leads. Um, and so as I said, and then you're trying to figure out, well, how do I get leads? And then figuring out what legion methods work best for you. I'm still trying to figure out what legion methods work best for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's, it's the, it's the most important thing, but it's also the, like the hardest part of the, of the job. Yeah. I mean, I think the longer you're in it, cause I mean, I I've done everything I've, Door knocked. I've cold called. I've done open houses. I've done social media. I've gotten deals from all 
store all forms of that legion. Now it's just tracking those numbers to see where most of that business is coming from and then narrowing it down to that one thing for me to hyper-focus on more of. Oh, good. Yeah, and that's and that's good because there's a lot of people who haven't tried all of those things and you have, and I want to get your uh, your take on this as well. So like from all of those different lead generation methods, door knocking, cold calling, social media, all, all the types, there's probably a hundred out there. I've seen sure, books and videos on that. So in your opinion, as, as somebody who is newer, who, you know, the first thing they tell you to do is to go out and get your sphere of influence. What if somebody comes in, there are people who don't necessarily have a sphere of influence because they're new to a city, new to a town, new to life, whatever it might be. So out of all the stuff that you've tried, what do you think as a new agent they should uh, start with, right? It might not be the one they end up on, but what should they right. start with just to get that momentum? So I think no matter what, I was tell people, because everybody, it's it's uncomfortable. You have to get out of your comfort zone. That's the first most important step because um, it's it, none of it's comfortable. It's not easy. There's, there's no, um, I think one of the coaches I've worked with in the past, they have said um, the path to success is paid and I don't want to. So it's the most, it's the most uncommon. It's the most uh, uncomfortable thing that you'll do. And so cold calling is, is not easy because there are days I've been cussed out. There have been days I get hung up on. It's not easy, um, but it's like, um, it's like just asking out another girl at the prom, right? It's, it's genuinely just like, she said, no, okay, now I'm going to go find somebody else who really does want to spend time and devotion and attention on me. It's the same thing with door knocking. Um, I know people who have made one of the guys in our office, a colleague of mine, he's from Wichita Falls, Texas. Had the, he only moved here because of his wife. His wife is from Sugarland. She went to Clements. Um, but he built most of his business. I think he did over $5 million in volume his first year. Um, uh, he also capped his first year. Um yeah, I did like five million in production or something like that. But he did that all through door knocking, or most of it through door knocking, because he didn't have much of a sphere here. So he built one through door knocking. Um, I know a lot of people who've made a sphere through cold calling. So I, I just, I just think you have, in my opinion, I would always recommend just try everything out. And if you don't see any results after ninety to one hundred eighty days, then it's not working out. So then we need to go back and we need to find another lead gen, try it out for 60 to 90 days. And if that doesn't work, then that's not the right method for you. And you just keep trying and you keep trying to evolve it as you go on to perfect it, but you have to do it consistently for at least 90 to 180 days for sure. Yeah, that's the word consistency, right? I think a lot of people miss that part of it is if you haven't given it an actual shot, then you can't say that it doesn't work. Somebody will cold call five people and they get no response. And then they'll say, well, this doesn't work. Uh, well, you only yeah. call five people. Only so that's... Five. And, the, and the thing is, some people will sit here and they'll just dial five numbers and then they don't answer. And like, oh, cold calling doesn't work. I'm like, no, the goal is to make 20 contacts, meaning you've talked to 20 people and just seeing where you can get with the 20 people that you talk to, right? And out of those 20 people, there are days I have will only get one person to say, yes, I can give you my contact information, stay in touch. And there are days I get told, get the hell out of my phone, stop calling me, um, take me off your list. I told a realtor I'm not working with realtors. I get told that at least 12, 16 times a day. And it's, but it's the four that tell me, yes, keep in touch. And then you follow back up with them, you know, quarterly or once a week, if they're really interested, they say, yes, I want to sell my house tomorrow. And then you call them like every single day until they tell you to stop calling you. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a numbers game, right? And then you have to track the right metrics. I think that's very important that you brought that up because it's, you know, you can call a hundred people and they don't answer and you're maybe either something you did, you just call the wrong number or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Right. You're, you're talking about making contacts. That's the metric you need to track 20 contacts, right? Cause you can't, you can't have an appointment with somebody unless you have a contact with them. Right. You, you know, that's, that's where it starts. So it starts with the it starts with the conversations that genuinely that you create around you right and that's through cold calling that's through door knocking there's there has to be an intention there and sometimes people don't always see the intention they miss intentions um i know i did like all the things i'm saying to you i this just clicked for me maybe within the last six months like i mean i've been i track my numbers i've always tracked my numbers but to understand why i track my numbers that wasn't always there understanding what forms of legion is working for me didn't understand that point in the conversation, understanding consistency, that didn't click for me maybe until a year to a year and a half in the business. I mean, it it took a minute for all these things to click. I mean, I've heard this 
everything I've said, I've heard it 20 different times, but it wasn't until time 21 that I really understood what I was saying, what they were telling me and all these trainings and things that I'm going to, I'm paying all this money. I'm like, well, nothing's happening. That's because I haven't been consistent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's what it is. You got you, repetition, right? If you don't hear enough times, it's not going to resonate, but you know, like you said, this is the 21st time, but you have to hear it 20 times for that, for the 21st to, to be possible. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like the same thing with working out. You know, they tell you all the time, you got to work out, do this, do this, watch what you eat, but it's not until you do it consecutively for so many days, you actually start to see the result. And it's not until, you know, I don't know what everybody's reason is, you know, that you meet somebody or whatever, or the doctor tells you, you got to lose the weight that you honestly start to click, but there's some point in life where it clicks with you that, Oh, damn, I got to actually start to lose this weight. And then you got to consecutively do it um, to get the results that you need to, in order to shred the weight off. Yep, exactly. Uh, just examples of this in all, all aspects of life. Right. So, right. And, one, and one of the things that I really want to kind of get your take as well, Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, everybody coming in, you know, especially in their first year, first venture in a business, um, nobody's going to make, get it perfect in the first, first try. Right. And that's one of the things I think we just, we were just talking about, like it took about six months for some of these things to click. So I think the, the important thing, I think for a lot of new people coming into the industry for them to understand is what are some mistakes that you would say that I guess you made in your, in your first, maybe six months or even a year that you would, you know, if you were to go back, you would do it completely differently, whether if it's getting trained or if it's structuring your day, tracking numbers, doing just something that you think that was a mistake and you would have go back and you would do differently if, if they were uh, brand new, starting over again. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I would say, I, I mean, a lot of, the, I don't know. I don't even know if there are mistakes because you, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so I think another thing I've just learned is if you're not winning, you're learning. And so if you're not constantly winning deals, you're learning about the mistakes that you made and how to improve them. But I guess um, one, I learned one of my biggest mistakes was showing clients around without a pre-approval um, and driving all over the city of Houston. I would say that that is a lesson that I've learned not to do that. Um, another one is I will not, I've also learned not to show houses with sellers. Um, I've had that happen to me before and it was pretty creepy. Uh, I almost thought I was going to get taken. Um, it was, it was, it was a pretty weird situation, but now like I, I just, I also, I won't show a house if the seller's there. Um, and if the only way I'll show it is if a realtor, if there has been another person there, the realtor has to be there. It can't be the seller. Um, I, I just find I now after that situation happened, I find that very inappropriate. Um, and I did, but I did, at that time, it, it was somebody who was looking to purchase a house. And I said, let's do it. And they told me the seller was going to walk in. And when they opened the door, it was his, it was the son and the son just got out of prison and they were creeping me out and it, it just was not a great showing. But yeah, so those are some of the few things I've learned. I mean, also not to give away. Um, you got to, you have to tease people with information. You can't just give out all your information because uh, people do utilize you. They use you, they use you. Um, I'm talking to the people that's that that's a big lesson I had to learn is people do use you um, and waste your time and they oh biggest lesson I would say is that your time is valuable um, so you have to learn to leverage um, your time yep <clears throat> 100% your time is valuable that's probably I think a lot of people don't understand that and especially in the beginning right mm -hmm. we're so eager for business right we just want to get that first deal or that first sale under contract. Right. And then we, we miss all these blind spots, but yeah. And again, I think like, I think I might, I might've uh, misstated the questions, like not necessarily mistakes, but something yeah. that you would go back and do differently uh, for a new, new, new agent. Right. Yeah. And I, but I, I was supposed to say, I like, cause I guess as a new agent, you're always going to, it's just inevitable. Cause you don't know what you don't know. There's so many layers to this business. Cause you have a sale side, you have a contract side, you have a legal side. So there's there's so many different points to this where you're gonna make a mistake. It's just it's just inevitable. There are agents who have been in this business for 20 plus years and they make mistakes. There's there's so many levels to this business. I think it's just as long as you because you're not as long as you keep changing or keep adjusting to the mistake, 
I think you're okay. It's, it's when you keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over again, now you become incompetent. And that's where the okay. issue lies, um, is when you keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. But I just say embrace embrace the craziness, embrace the mistakes, and just fail forward. Yep, fail forward. Yeah, and then the, the big thing, right, I think you mentioned as well, is, is change, right? If you do something over and over again, expect different results, that's, that's the definition of insanity. Right. right. We heard, we've heard that. So that's awesome, man. And I think, you know, when, when you were, I think when you were going over uh, that, that list of things you would, you know, as a new agent, you would have done differently. I think I, I'm seeing it right now, just on your social media marketing, that you're doing all the right things. Now you're doing oh, all the right things. Yeah. So like, te- yeah, yeah, teasing yeah. people with information is, is that one that I see it all the time. So, yeah, it's, it's like, a, I always compare real estate to dating. Cause I feel like it is the same thing. Cause when you're prospecting new clients, you have to kind of, you have to tease, you have to like, I can't give away the whole cookie jar at the end of the night. I kind of got to like tease you with a little bit more. So you're interested. I can't tell you everything about myself or else you're not interested. Like, you know, if you come in too aggressive, then you might scare people off. If you come in too um, passive, then you're not going to get anywhere. They're going to walk all over you. You have to assert a, a, a certain amount of dominance. It's like, this is it. You have to assert a certain amount of dominance and you also have to kind of, um, but not be too aggressive about it. You have to, it's a bitter with the sweet. It's, it's, it's a dance. It's a tingle. It's a salsa. You know, it's a little bit of everything at once. It's a little spicy. <laughs> yeah. A little spicy. A little cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. It's, it is. I mean, it is like that. It's like, it's like, you know, dating or you're prospecting, right? That's, that's the word, right? It, it's mm-hmm. you're prospecting. You have to toe the line right toe the mm-hmm. line between not being too aggressive with somebody in their face versus uh just letting them use you for information right and i think mm-hmm. it does and maybe you can talk on this as well like you know different people have different personalities some people might do better being aggressive some people might be a little bit better being passive so there's a difference there for sure yeah um because i know a lot of agents who are very very direct in your face you're gonna sign with me today boom Let's get this done. And they and they have a successful business. It works for them, right? I'm not that way. Um, <laughs> I don't like forcing people's hand. I just can't do it because then I feel bad if they feel like I I just get too in my head about that kind of stuff. So for me, I can be direct. Like I'm one of those people. I'm a high eye. I don't know if you know anything about the disc system. Um, yeah, but so like I'm a high eye. I'm somebody who's very, I can be very influential, very powerful with my words, but I also like to have a great time and I like to make you feel like you're having a great time. I care about your feelings and mm-hmm. you know, and what you have to say and things like that. Um, so for me, like I said, it's it's a it's a bit of a dance, and it's also understanding people and their personalities. Um, and understanding, you know, if you're some if somebody's a D right? They do like assertiveness. They do like that aggressiveness. They really are direct people and you have to be direct with them. Somebody said, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to vibe off their vibe because that's the way I can get things done is by going with where they're going. They go off of vibes, but I also still have to come in with that little bit of directness, more in my personality to kind of get things moving forward. It's just one of those things that um, personalities, you have to understand every personality and there's so many different ones um that you can go on i always recommend to look up the disc assessment if anybody doesn't know what that is but that tells you a lot about different people with personalities yeah that's that's a good one and i think what you basically said right there it's just like you have to understand yourself Mm -hmm. um as as, as an entrepreneur as a salesperson whatever it is you have to understand yourself and maybe you can touch on you know your experience in that as well like did you find that you learned a lot more about yourself in in your stint as an agent before and you do something unexpected or like beforehand, no. I think like before I was an agent, I don't think I I knew as much as I know about myself now. I think dealing with people and every being in a people business, right? You learn um, more about yourself. You learn about how patient you are. Um, you learn about your your willingness, your your strength, your will, your courage. Um, you learn a lot about yourself and who you are. Like I know. When I walk into a room, and I don't say this just because I'm cocky or whatever or arrogant, I just I make it a point to when I walk into a room, everybody by the end by the time I leave, everybody should at least know my name or be curious about who I am because I just when I walk into a room, my presence is so impactful. That's my goal. Anytime I walk into a room, I want to leave with it by having an impactful presence on somebody. Yeah. Um, nine times out of ten, 
it happens. Most people just automatically know who I am by the end of it because I've just made such an impact. Um, and a lot of times that may be just being in their face constantly, um, or that may just be because I just work a room and I've learned how to do that. But that's also, and I'm still learning on how to do that in my business by making it intentional, right? With people, networking events and open houses and things like that, you want to be the most impactful person in, in the room. And so I'm still learning how to really do that and take that up a notch in this next year of business for myself. Right. And I think, yeah, a lot of people are, they really want that, right? They want that influence. They want to be, like you said, they want to walk into a room and they can't be missed is, <laughs> is really what they want. And then, so like from your, your perspective and your experience, what has been uh, the change, right? So what, what are some things you worked on, whether it's working on yourself, working on communication or influence skill sets? Is there any book recommendations, specific people on YouTube that they can go watch? So for me, right, um, I'm not a big reader. I, this is such a bad, I'm working on myself. That's one of the goals um, I really do have. It's not like a huge goal. I just want to read a book. I'm, I'm not a big reader. I just, it's not my thing. I'm working on it. It's not a thing I've mastered yet. Um, but one of the things I, I've done, though, is I've done a lot of webinars. I've done seminars. Um, I've just, I also sit around people of a higher caliber. Right. Meaning in this office, I mean, the office I'm currently in, I sit around with top producing agents. I'll sit around with top producing uh, lenders, top producing title reps, top producing investors. I mean, any room I can get in where there's other people who are making more money than me, because uh, I think Jay-Z said this in a line one time, if everybody in the room is broke, except for you, that means you're broke too. Something like that. I can't write, I can't exactly write the right bar, but I do agree with that. Like if, if everybody in the room is broke, except for you, that means, I mean, I feel like I'm broke too, because I'm not elevating my stance. I'm not elevating my position in life. And so that's one of the things I do like to do is I always like to put myself in a room with higher producers than myself. I never want to be the highest producer in the room because that means I've hit a ceiling and there's no room left for me to grow. There's no other ideas for me to kind of captivate and grow forward. Um, so that's one of the things that I, I do do. I, I do listen to a few YouTube people. TikTok is great. I have a lot of people I follow on TikTok, especially for scripts ideas. I do a lot of script practicing. Um, and that's how I really got comfortable with asking for appointments because I used to not see the opportunity to ask for appointments. People would tell me I'm looking to sell my house. And I sit there and say, okay, cool. <laughs> I wouldn't ask for the appointment. I'd be like, oh, well, hey, look, now I can sit here and say, oh, we're well, looking to sell your house. Well, we should meet, man. I, I'd love to see how I can help you out. Let's go over your best options for you and your family and just go from there, right? I would never, I literally had, I think maybe two, three people ask me that they're looking to sell their house and I would just go, oh, okay. And it's like, it's, a, it's an opportunity that I missed, but that's part of my personality. I also learned that taking a disc assessment that I, because I'm so, um, I'm such an eye, like I always look for the vibe or whatever that I kind of miss other opportunities when people are sometimes really direct with me that they say, I want to sell my house, let's do it. And I miss it. So script practices have worked really well for me and going over scripts books and joining scripts classes um, and joining those live script plays, right? And going in motivational things too. Um, sometimes in, the, in this business, it's really hard some days to stay motivated. There are days you get, like today, I almost didn't get out of bed. I was just, I was like, my body's still tired. I just, we work seven days a week and I've been working seven days a week since the start of the year. You're kind of like, oh, I want to break, but you just got to get up and you have to find something that motivates you, whether it's, you know, a check or a song or whatever it is, you know, whatever you got going for you. But that's, those are some of the things that I just do. And I'm always looking to elevate and grow myself. Um, reading a book. I think I'm right now I'm reading a book, um, how to win friends and influence people. It's one of the ones I'm reading right now. Um, and I also had, I'm almost done reading Shut Up and Listen by, um, I can't, Tillman is his last name. I can never pronounce his first name. I haven't actually heard of that book one before, so I really? wouldn't even know. <laughs> yeah. It's the guy who owns Landry's. He actually owns um, the the stadium. He owns what's he owns? He's the owner of the Rockets, and then he's also. I think oh, it's like okay, yeah. Furtado. I can't pronounce his first name, but something Tillman. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, I know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's called Shut Up and Listen, and that one really just caters on um, service. That one's really just about service, and it's pretty good so far. So yeah, those are a few of the books I've read. Um, 
And then podcasts, I'm also not a podcast person either. So I'm really? like, <laughs> I don't I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um I think I've listened to a few episodes. Gary Keller has Think Like a CEO. I've listened to a few episodes of that one and listening to his story. Um, and then I've listened to Brandon Turner's um podcast. Your uh, podcast, right? Uh, well, <laughs> um that's a great plug but right. no um but brandon turner the guy from bigger pockets yeah yeah bigger pockets podcast yeah. i've listened to a few of his episodes and listening to things about him his journey and investing and things like that so those are all great things to get into and start listening to and i just say start with tiktok is what really has progressed me forward is realtor tiktok so i'm on that a lot too um glinda baker i think she's hilarious she's probably one of my favorites to follow um i follow like morgan reed doll dallas something in atlanta i follow um nikki can't think of her name nikki harding or something like that she's here in houston of course julia wang is another one that's here in houston she's a big producing agent here in houston um so of course i mean those are some of the top people just to keep inspiration flowing um, and then I also follow a lot of producers here at Keller Williams and just getting that inspiration to keep going. You know, uh, that does motivate me when I see somebody else having a saying under contract, like I do know it's possible for me to get under contract and to keep pushing and keep fighting to keep going forward. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, one of the things, man, just figure out what is it that you resonate with and then go for it. Cause again, not everybody's a reader, right? So there's nothing wrong with not being a, a reader. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, that's why Audible exists, right? And that's why the right. things like Podcast. that exist, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, but you're still educating yourself and you're using like even TikTok, right? When people think think of TikTok, they think it's like destroying the brains of like our, our generations, but like you're using it productively. So yeah. it's it's really up to you to to leverage all the tools and resources and technology around you that we have such an abundance of here in 2023 um, to, to improve sure. yourself. And then I also journal. I think journaling is... um a great way to keep the brain going and um that's something i've just started picking up doing recently it's been therapeutic um but it's also like i keep a lot of my notes and contacts in here this is like my best friend here so that's that's one of the things i do when i'm making my calls and people are telling me to shut the hell up and get off the call i write it down and just keep it pushing that's what i can do yeah, do what you got to do to uh, like for yourself right and that's something i think people miss uh, especially if they're really uh aggressive eager going forward thinking is that you have to sometimes take a little bit of time for yourself in journaling it's i think it's great because you're you're writing it down you're almost like you're putting the problem you're taking it out of yourself and you're putting on the piece of paper like yeah the problem is here and sometimes like i think it's also great to write down gratitude um because i think and this is something else i learned recently though is when what you look for in the world is what you look for in yourself it's like what you like so what I see in you is what I technically am looking for in myself. So I think when you point out a lot of negativity in the world, you also see a lot of negativity about yourself. Um, so I've also learned to just point out a lot of gratitude. I think that that's, that's something that's also missing in the world sometimes is just telling people that you're grateful for them and you're grateful for having them in your life. And then you're also grateful to be alive. You're grateful to, you know, the more you point out things that you're grateful for, um, the more positivity is going to flow within your life and the more you're going to start to see it you know some at some point in time you're going to wake up and just say you know that's a great looking chair you know everything's just going to become more positive in your life you know it doesn't you know the bush is looking prettier today and it's just the same bush that it was yesterday it's just you look for stuff to be more positive about 100 percent. i just gotta say because we're on this topic right now i'm super grateful to have reconnected with you brandon and to there uh, you go here <laughs> so, and have you in my life as well so it's, it's definitely the same yeah, of course, man. It's just, yeah, I love this quote. And I just wrote it down. Like what you look for in the world is what you look for in yourself. So that's, it's, it's, it's the same, it's the same energy that you're bringing, same attitude, right? So yeah, that's what people was because, you know, I, I think when you're a newer agent, you're hungrier um, and you're ready to like get things rocking and rolling. And sometimes it's just not happening. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen for everybody that fast. Some people produce at different scales. Some people, they walk in with their first deal and they can make $300,000 like that. You know, for some people, it works like that. For some people like myself, I didn't make my first sale. I think it was almost 11 months until I made my first sale. 
Um, but I mean, I worked with leases for a really long time and you just keep working, you keep getting that momentum and you keep going and moving forward with that. And eventually everything falls into place from there. Yep. hundred percent. And I think like another thing I really want to touch on with you is that, you know, being younger, um, have you seen that, you know, when you're talking to people, has that been an objection that has come up or has that been a mental block or mental belief that you had on your own? Cause I know a lot of, a lot of young agents coming into it. That is like something they struggle with and they ask questions about. So, um, for me, I think a lot of people here, I'm a real estate agent. They're impressed that I'm a real estate agent this young. Right. Um, most of the time you're like, Oh, wow. Like I wish I would have did this for myself um, when, you know, getting started. I honestly, I don't even bring up my age. I try not to, I don't even bring up my experience in real estate because a lot of times it's really not, and real estate experience is not one of those things that's really prevalent. It's not important. It's not relevant. Um, I think when you start to have years in real estate and you start to have those under your belt, it's just a notch that you can add. But if you don't have any of those things, um, unless they really ask me about it, and if they do, I just tell them I haven't been in the business. You know, I haven't, I haven't been in the business or what do I say? Not long, not long enough or not. I, I can't, I word it differently to where it feels like, um, I haven't been in it long. But anyways, anyways, <laughs> but it's one of those things I've worded it differently to make it feel like it's not important. Like I have been in it, you know, I've been working for some time or whatever. Um, and you word it to where it fits in that moment for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's something that people coming in have a self-limiting belief and mm -hmm. that's exactly it. And that's why I wanted you to touch on it. It's because that it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't, it shouldn't affect anything at all. People with 50 years of experience in the business, they could be the worst agent ever just because. And a lot of them are, I think, not to say that they are the worst agent right. in the business, but I think the longer you're in this business, um, there comes a point in time in your life um, where you kind of just like, you're over it. Like I've been doing this. Some people I've known who did it for 30 years. Like, yeah, I'm, but I'm at this point, like, I'm just here to collect a check. Like it's not even, it's, they don't have that burning passion that they once had when they were getting in the business. Now it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, no, like I'm just here because I don't want to, I don't want my husband to make me work again. Like I've been for the last five years, I've just been at home and now I'm working just because, you know, my husband, he's laid off right now. So I'm just picking up the slack for him. I've heard that story. I've just heard, you know, it's just a fun little hobby right now. I'm waiting to get out. And sometimes those agents, they miss, you know, minor details. They don't, they don't grasp the, they don't grasp the full picture like they once did. Um, and it's not to say that they're bad agents. It's just, they don't necessarily, they're not as hungry. So they don't pay attention to everything as the ones they did. It's just one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is just one of those things and being, you know, you, you want to use being newer to the business as an advantage, right? Because you you do pay more attention. You're more passionate, more eager, more willing to go the extra mile and, and help out versus somebody who's been in, like you said, maybe 30 years, they kind of just don't want to be a part of it even. So yeah. I will also say, never tell anybody that you're new, right? <laughs> it's just like, you know, you go, go into like a, go into the restaurant or whatever, and they tell you, I'm a brand new server in training. Like I automatically expect my drinks to be mixed up, my order not to be right. Like, it's I, I expect a disaster. I, I'll still tip you, you know, the ten percent minimum, but like I just expect a disaster because it's like you're new, and so when you tell people that you're new, that's what they expect. So I never utter the word that I'm new. I've never told people that I was a new agent in real estate. I never tell people, you know, I try my hardest to tell people my experience in real estate um, or how long I've been in real estate. If I can avoid that question, I do. Um, so yeah. 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 Don't, don't ask, don't tell. That's, that's the policy. That's the policy. Don't ask, don't tell. Different policy, but, right. um, but it is one of the policies that we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah, man. So I think, you know, for, you know, going into 2023, there's been buzz or, I mean, like it's pretty like more than buzz now. Like people are just like, this is it. Like, you know, this is going to be a, a change in the market. People are freaking out about a recession or whatever it is. So in your in your plan in 2023, right? You don't have to disclose everything because you know obviously it's it's, it's a few, I don't but... do anything that's secret, but okay, <laughs> right? So what 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 is your what is your plan to conquer 2023 with changing markets and fear in, in the minds of buyers and sellers and other agents? So first thing is first, you know, when there's fear and concern out there, as an agent, you hear that too. As agents, we hear that we develop the same fear and concerns. So it starts with education. 
So educating myself, educating my buyers, educating my sellers on what's going on and how we can help improve that, right? And then that also talk, starts with talking to my lenders, talking to other agents, um, um, talking with other agents, talking with my lenders, talking with my title reps, um, and kind of going from there um, and just educating and seeing what solutions there are to help everyday people. Because, you know, houses are still, prices are still increasing on houses. The interest rates haven't dropped yet. Um, that's a delay for buyers. And that delay, or that's a reluctancy for buyers. And that reluctancy affects sellers. So if you're somebody who works with sellers, you have to have a solution um, to help these sellers understand, one, the market and how we can help them with that. And two, you know, what's going on and how we can help those buyers, you know, come to that door and, and grab your listing so you can move on to the next phase of your life, right? Wherever that may be, you may be wanting to move out to Tallahassee and, you know, go ride a horse or something. I don't know. That's your business at that point. But my, what I'm hired to do is market and sell your home. That's my, that's my job is to sell the property. Um, and that's one of the most important things. And it starts with education and then it starts with framing a great mindset around yourself. Um, so I think once you can conquer those two things, the world's unstoppable. I love it. Huh? I said, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the most dangerous thing, the two most dangerous things in in, uh, in the world are yourself and your mindset. That Those are the two dangerous things. It's what you the lack of action that you don't take and it's the lack of mindset and positive mindset that you give yourself to. Right. Exactly. You, you can make or break yourself just by the way you think and uh, mm -hmm. consistently across the board, everybody who that I've asked that question uh, has said the same thing. It starts within you. It's not what's going around around you. So. Right. Anyway, like I said, education, 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 and mindset. Those are the two most important things. Yep. 100% right education and that's 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 a big one too for people to to just get get information right because as a as agents right that's that's what you need to do it's hard for like just because you're a realtor doesn't mean you can predict the market better than anybody else but it is up to you to provide information to people if i could have predicted the last two the last three years of this market man i should play the lottery I believe this all the time. I say, if you can predict the market and you can tell me what's going to happen, forget hiring me as an agent. You need to go play the lottery and buy me the same winning tickets and we could split a billion dollar cash prize. Like, let's do that. I'll buy your house at that point. Like, if you can predict the market and you can give me a, a winnings, then let's let's play the lottery. Like, I don't forget this mess. I, I'll quit my job tomorrow if I win the lottery. Forget this mess. <laughs> Shoot, I'll, I'll invest and do other stuff with the lottery money. Because it's just a lot of people think that they can predict what's going to happen in the next year. It's even the prediction for 20, like 2022, the prediction was that the interest rates would be in the 8%. Where the interest rates went up to seven, they trickled down. Now they're, I think, from what I was quoted, for a person with good credit score, you're at 6.5. And then they're projected to go down even lower when the Fed meets, what, in the next two, three weeks. So... I, I don't know. And and in the market, they're saying home prices were going to, I had new construction people tell me home prices were going to go back up and they were going to skyrocket and the interest rate was still going to go up. That's not what I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing prices go drop. I just saw a house, um, I think by the end of the year last year, new construction house, they originally had it listed at like 469. They raised the price up to 489. They just dropped it back down to 459. So I'm seeing people trying to time the market and figure out what's going on it's there's no real strategy there's no real there's no real rhyme or reason it's just everybody's trying to trying to land this um really bad turbulence plane and a very on a very thin needle to get it right the fed doesn't have it right real estate agents don't have it right lenders can't you know lenders don't have it right either no one has all the answers it's just what's happening in the world you know what the inflation is what's happening with inflation is partly due to what's going on still in Ukraine and Russia. Part of that's also due to gas price. I mean, it's, there's so many different things that affect everything in this country that you just have to just stay on top of it and educate yourself and educate your clients and why this is the thing. Right, exactly. And I think we'll end up with this as well. I think it's going to be a very practical tip for our listeners. So as an agent, right, 
how are mm-hmm. you having these tough conversations, right? Because we get it, but some buyers and sellers, there's a lot of them that do want to time the market. So what is your approach to having that tough conversation with, with the client? Essentially, it's, you have to go back to why am I getting this phone call in the first place? You call me to meet with you. What are, what is it that, what, what are we meeting for? If you want to wait to time the market, we can do that. Absolutely. But do you know what the market's going to look like in three months? If you have the opportunity right now, what is holding you back from right now? Right. Um, and then and if they come back and they ask you, they tell you what's holding them back. And then that's a different, you can always, it's always, it's leading a conversation with questions, right? Because I don't, you know, if I don't understand why we're waiting, you know, right now it's January and I have to wait till June to list your property. Why am I being called to sit down with you? Um, But it's very important before I go to any listing appointment to understand you know what? What are we doing? What are what are we looking to do? Are we looking to sell right away, or what? What's the time frame? You know, that's an important question to ask before you go to listing appointment. We're looking to we're looking to sell our house. We're looking to be in Florida by you know by May. That's a realistic timeline to work with, right? Because then now we need to talk about getting the house ready for pictures, getting it ready for staging, getting it ready for all these different things. Now I have to give you my list of contractors and having those conversations, but. Essentially, I have to ask the question as a as a professional to understand, you know, your reluctancy as a seller, uh, what's going on? Because there's a reason I'm have that you were I'm getting a phone call from my seller asking me to meet with them. So it's just going back to them and asking questions. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you brought that up. Leading with questions, right? Like why why am I here? Why am I even getting this call if you want to list in in June, right? And then you'd start discovering their goals and their reasoning and it could be something completely different than what's on the surface, right? You're, you're, you're like uncovering the treasure, right? The, the real goal that they have. So yeah. it's, it's the same thing with agents here too. A lot of agents, um, they have, they have goals, but they they do things that don't necessarily make sense for their business. And you have to kind of ask them, what is the purpose of this? You know, what is the intention here? Yeah, in order for you to do something and do it successfully and do it well, there has to be a clear intention behind it. If there's no intention, then you're just doing something and wasting your time. And as we yep. said, time is money and time is valuable. You don't get any of it back. So you got to make the most of what you got. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And out of respect for everybody's time, yours, of course, Brandon, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, kind of wrap it up right here. And uh, for okay. anybody who is listening or watching this and they want to reach out to you, they want to support you on your social media, which it looks great, by the way. Uh, so props to you on that. Uh, what are what are some ways that people can reach out to you or find you on social or just to kind of follow you? Yeah, so my social media tag is Brandon Turner Realtor um, on Instagram. And then TikTok, I am going to pull that up because I don't know it off the top of my head. But uh, Actually, no, I'm really curious. It's like Brandon Turner. Yeah, Brandon P. Turner. It's actually just that. At, at, that's why TikTok is Brandon P. Turner. Um, yeah, and then if you wanted to reach me or contact me or reach out to me um, personally, my phone number is 713-245-9934. And my email is Turner at kw.com. That's K as in Barry K and W as in watermelon.com. Nice. Awesome, man. We'll leave all of that in the description below and the show notes, depending on if you're listening to this on like a podcast platform or watching it on YouTube. So just make sure you're checking the description below, follow Brandon, give him, uh, give him some support right there. And uh, other than that, uh, Brandon, you want to, uh, before you sign off, uh, any last thoughts, last, uh, messages you want to leave with the, the viewers here today? Or? I just say two things. If you're you're not winning, you're learning. And um, just to always fell forward. That's my biggest advice is you got to do something in order to to grow and succeed. So if failure is inevitable, why not fail forward? So there you go. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, Thank thanks you. so much for thanks so much for doing this and I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Appreciate yeah. you having me on here, man. I really do.